Guys, welcome back to another episode of Path of Believer. I'm just so happy to have you guys back here. And today, boy, do we have a surprise for you. Uh, all the way from Japan, somebody has decided to travel to share their life story. I'm just kidding. He's not from Japan. He's from here, but he was in Japan and he was he was stuck there for a few years. And we wanted to show you how the Lord has used him in that part and how God was with him when no one else was around. So stick around to wait till the end. If you guys want to subscribe, if you guys want to like or leave a review, you guys are surely welcome to. But we love you all. Be blessed. So Ronnie, I've known you for a very long time. I've known you pretty much ever since like high school. I don't think we've met in middle school, but ever since that time, I just know that from Greg Kifuk and uh, just our relationship with that, I know that your heart has always been burning for Jesus. And uh, that's what I really want to start off with is just who you are, um, where you grew up in, and then how you came to know Christ, or if you want to introduce yourself. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm Ronnie Frey. Uh, high school, I think... Growing up, uh, it was different. So I wasn't really raised in a Christian household. Uh, it was very strict, very uh, very on your own type of thing. Uh, my household, you know, it was very it was strength to not really show emotion, to just do everything on your own type of thing. So I grew I grew up like that, and you know, I, I grew up not really needing religion, but like accepting it. My family was very aware of like. Christ, but we never really followed the way. Um, so growing up with that, I, I like I said, I didn't really need religion, and I didn't want to want to be a part of it. But I always felt like something was missing. I always yeah. felt like when you know when you sin and when you like when you do something wrong, there's this conviction, and it's like, where is this coming from? Like, why do I feel so empty or this way? Why, why do I feel like not connected to anybody? So was your family agnostic or was it just a Christian, but they were just, they just went to church? I think agnostic is a good way to put it. We, you know, we acknowledged God, but we, we didn't follow him, Yeah, you know, or obey him type of thing. So, you know, I think high school was a big moment for me because freshman year, it got to the point where I started asking like really deep questions. Like, what's the point of life? Uh, what am I going to do? Why, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like um, I'm missing something? Uh, and, and because the way I was raised to be, you know, strong and individual and not really depend on anybody, you know, you don't, you're not really asking those questions to other people. You're just kind of trying to figure it out on your own. It was kind of, it was, it was miserable. It's just, mm -hmm. just every day, you're just <laughs> like, why? And then, you know, you sin and you're just, there's a cycle and you don't understand why. And the guilt, this, doubt, shame comes into the exactly. picture. And you don't have any answers. So it's, it's frustrating. And then one day, um, you know, I get invited back to church, you know, and it's like, because when, when you're a kid, you know, sometimes you go for whatever reason, Christmas, Easter, and then uh, CEO Christian. <laughs> yeah. Cr Christmas, Easter only. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then, um, but this, this one was different. This wasn't a holiday. So I go back to uh, freshman year. I, I get, you know, get invited to church and I'm there. And then the word, I hear the word, you know, preaching of the word. And it's different this time. All of a sudden, uh, it's tugging at my heart, uh, yeah. more like stabbing at it. It's like <laughs> double-edged sword, it's right? A real thing. The conviction all of a sudden has like meaning. All of a sudden, like I understand, like I'm understanding uh, why lust is wrong or why lying is wrong or like anger, like you know, anger toward a brother. It's almost like murder. Yeah, right? you know, when you're lusting after somebody, you're, you're like violating them in your in your own heart type of thing. So uh, the conviction was stronger, and it wow. was a lot more meaningful. Uh, so that freshman year, I really started to just read the Bible on my own differently, though, not like from an you know agnostic point of view, but like 
from a, I want to know who this person is. That the Bible you know, I think, about. I think it's just so powerful. Um, and I think that anybody who has been through a relationship with God, they can know that the God that you encounter corporately is, um, not much different, but it's less powerful than the God that, uh, you encounter personally. Right. right. It's know? like the burning bush encounter of Moses. You know, you can have like God work, you know, publicly, but ultimately, you know, we don't see Moses bowing down when God parted the ways. We, we don't see that in the Bible, but when he had that one-on-one, -on -one, he, he, it was like such a awe moment one-on-one yeah, -on -one where sure. he actually, you know, fell on the floor. He took off his shoes. All this reverence, I guess you could say, happened um, in those one-on-one -on -one moments. Yeah, I think I was I was getting I was kind of experiencing something like that. I was getting to that point where um alone I was like breaking before God. Like yeah. this all of a sudden this <laughs> this um being had had a name and had uh you know words. His name is Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was breaking down, you know, alone. It was it was yeah. it was interesting. I, I I figured like I need to do something about this. It's not sufficient to just uh you know, be at church. So this is after a year. It's not sufficient just to go to church and like read the scriptures, but reading the scriptures did have a huge impact. I started to become, like I said, the convictions were stronger. And now my desire to like get right with God almost, it was almost like a task like I now I needed to do. So my sophomore year, huge year for me. Uh, at this point I had studied the word deeply. I was like memorizing scripture, nice. but I wasn't fully in, but like my heart, like the word was in my heart now. Like it was, it was different. I felt you know, I was getting somewhere. You got hooked. Exactly, exactly. And then uh, one day the pastor just comes up to me. He's like, Ronnie, have you been baptized? And I'm like, I haven't. And he just, you know, very calmly, he's just like, why not? <laughs> Isn't now the time? And, uh, and I thought, and I'm like, what is really holding me back from going all in? Yeah. And that was it. It was, it was, there's, there's just one more step I have to do. I have the word. I've read the word. I've memorized the word, wow. uh, and and I'm trying to live it. Struggling, of course, as a new you know try you know. But there's this huge leap. I have to leap of faith. I have to take, and it's public like baptism in front of everyone. Yeah, you know, and and so I was really convicted to, to do it. I'm like, this is it. This is this is my moment to like declare before God and man that I'm a Christian. I'm about this. I'm all in. You're not dead to back. sin. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly how it felt. Um, I got baptized, uh, I think the following month. And uh, I really like to think that was the moment where, you know, I got saved because that's the moment where I took the word and I I did it. I followed through with it. You know, the Lord says, yeah. you know, be baptized. You know, yeah, and, you know, and the, the, what you say, um, I kind of like the way you started. You grew up in a very independent family where you did not rely on anybody. So for me, just thinking about how you're speaking, you also wanted to do everything to the most highest intent. That's kind of like what I'm getting from you speaking. So even when you were serving God, you weren't baptized. Um, did you have the Holy Spirit at that point? Were you baptized into the Holy Spirit? No, that came about a year later. But nice. I think in between that year, um, you bring up a good point. The Lord uh, in that year broke down a lot of the walls that I had yeah. built up from uh, the way, you know, my background and and a lot of it was pride a lot of it was uh you know being being kind of alone and and it all it all really sums back to pride but you know i after getting baptized you know the enemy comes after you hard and life happens and the lord was like you know you need first you need community and second you have to learn how to rely on other people and how sure. to 
lean on their shoulder as you become a shoulder for other people to lean on. So that year I met, you know, you know, Greg, that same, like after I got baptized and everything, the Lord brought me Greg and a, and a bunch of other people, just awesome examples for me to look up to and follow. Mm -hmm. And I started to, it was hard for me, but I started to lean on them and they really showed me what Christ was like. Uh, so it was a lot of like destructuring of who I had become and and then a year later after being filled with the holy spirit it was like reconstructing like what the lord was intending me to to become in the future that's really cool mm -hmm. so ronnie um i know that right now you're currently uh enlisted in uh the forces has anything that you know you go through boot camp and all those things during that time has anything or any experiences that you've been going through there taught you anything that correlates with things you've read and learned in the Bible? Yeah, I, I, for sure a lot. Um, I think it's kind of like in two ways. The first way is uh, being a Christian, you could say made the military a little bit easier, learning to like respect authority, be, yeah. be faithful, uh, be obedient, follow through with, with commands. I think that was a huge one that helped me um, in that aspect. And I think also the military molded me to become a better Christian in the ways of like, you know, how it says to be a soldier for Christ. Right. You know, you, you, you have to endure you. There's a certain grit that the Bible kind of tells like believers are not meant to be wimps or to be cowards. Oh, right? yeah. That's just Come not on. the lifestyle. Preach. But, but we have, we have to be strong. You know, this is a battle, a war. And I feel like the, the Navy really helped me get that kind of mentality. Like, you know, I'm fighting, uh, you could say physical battles, you know, at work, making sure everything's maintained and, you know, we're, we're training and we're doing all, you know, all these things to be, to be ready. But then like, there's a spiritual aspect that like, now I can apply this mindset to that as, and I did, I, I really understood a little bit more of like spiritual warfare and, and what it means to, to take things a little bit seriously, make sure you have your tools set, like you're reading your scripture, you're praying, you're, you're not taking the enemy lightly and you never take the enemy lightly. Never take the enemy I, I think, I think that, that right there, what you just said, um, we can talk about for just now, making sure your tools are set, reading the word, make sure you have all the equipment set before you step into battle. Because a lot of Christians nowadays, they can step into battle unarmed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden when they get defeated, they're just like, God, where are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I had a question for you. So like, you know, we about two episodes ago did a, a whole deep talk on um, ask for help. That's what we called it. And mostly it was about the fear of help. A lot of people, they're like always afraid, like, oh, I'm supposed to be this big, strong guy, you know? And ultimately, you know, when people think of like army people, they think big, strong guy and, uh, you know, just never ask for help, like suck it up and all that stuff. But in reality, that's not how it is, isn't it? Like you have to have that teamwork. You have to have that, you know, uh, reliance on your brothers in arms. Yeah. If you can share about that and like elaborate I, on that. You know, I'm really glad you brought that up uh, because that's a big deal, especially right now in the military. Suicide is is a big deal, um, both in the military and outside. Wow. Uh, I think the number is 22 veterans a day uh, commit suicide. Yeah. And in the military as well, we're, we're like among the highest rates right now that we've seen. So uh, as you know, as I shared growing up, I was very independent and it was almost shameful to ask for help or you know, to, to show emotions, to cry, like a man crying, um, within my culture is just kind of disgraceful type of thing. Right. But the Lord was undoing that 
you know, my junior year, my senior year of high school, I really, I really saw other people's hearts and how like in the right, in the right context, you can be vulnerable with, with, especially with God, of course. And then with your brothers, you know, you have to lean on your brothers. Yeah. Yeah, You have to tell them your sins so that they can pray for you so you can be healed. Like it says in James, that to me was really hard to get to, but I feel like I was getting there. And in the military, you know, you have this, you're right, persona where like you're supposed to be strong and tough. And a lot of people, you know, they, they, they acquire that. They, they take on that, that mold of like, you know, I'm supposed to be strong. So at work, you know, you do the job and you don't really talk too much about how you're feeling, especially if you're, you know, not okay. And I think for me, I was falling into that trap early on. And then the Lord was just like, no, like we worked really hard to undo that. And in this context, um, you know, first of all, it's okay to not be okay. And if you're not okay, you have to say something. And so I was tested, I think in my, in my career so far, there's been about, you know, two times where like, you know, you, you, you get into a crisis mode, you know, something happens in your life. Like my grandma passed away early on my first year in the Navy. And then, you know, my last year in the Navy was tough. We, two ships collided with each other in Japan. I don't know if you guys heard about that. And we lost 17 sailors. I was, I was in Japan when all this was happening and the stress that was added on top of already a very stressful situation. So, you know, you get pushed to your limit almost mentally. And, you know, I was, I was tested. Do you have the courage to, you know, to, to say that it's not okay, that you're not, you're not okay at the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so the Lord showed me, it's a paradox that to, to think you're strong and to pull a front and to say that, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're this type of person, that's really weakness. Wow. But but to be vulnerable and weak and to admit um, when you're not okay, that is true strength and courage. And I think that's one of the most courageous things someone can do is open up and be vulnerable and say, hey, this is, you know, this is what I'm going through. And I did do that. Um, like I said, there was two moments in my life where, you know, crises were happening and, you know, I I was taken care of. You know, they that's that's the the duty that, you know, you're, you're, you entrust to your brothers and they have your back. Yeah, and so do, during the military, as you're in the Navy, as you're working, as you're doing your job, um, you having your relationship with the Holy Spirit, you have you have been baptized and uh, having the ability to speak to the Holy Spirit, and He's speaking to you and reading the Word. I'm not sure how how often you were doing that, but um, if you like, how, did you ever have some instances where the Holy Spirit had to intervene in those moments? You know, it had to come in, He had to come through in these moments because you needed Him. Yeah, that's a very <laughs> Yeah, there's been a few mo- few defining moments I feel like where the Holy Spirit came through. I I was definitely reading the Word um, regularly. I think boot camp really helped establish that. You know, you're you're working what 18, 20 hour days. It's kind, it's kind of nuts. And you know, the the one consistent thing I was trying to do was when I got to my my bed, I would pull up that pocket Bible they give you if you're religious, and then you know, I'd start reading it. You know, let's bring and, your own Bible. Huh? You're not allowed to bring your own Bible. You can't bring anything to boot camp. Even the clothes you have are shipped back. So they give you, what? you know, if you're, if you're, yeah, if you're religious, they give you a pocket Bible, and so I'm reading that, and you know, it, it was, it was my thing, you know. And I'm, right, I'm I, sorry, I did not know that. That's so crazy. Hacksaw Ridge is actually pretty accurate in the sense of like how they depicted, you know, the guy reading in boot camp a little small Bible. Yeah, and that that even I think even non-religious people start doing that. You know, they yeah. they need some encouragement. But for me, that was like my thing. Like I was looking forward to. I knew it was the end of the day when and the end of a very long day when I 
took that pocket Bible and just started reading. And there were a few days, a few days where you wake up the next morning, you don't remember falling asleep and either the Bible's on your face or it's, you know, to your left, you're like, you can't find your like, where to, like you fall asleep just reading because you're that tired, you know? Wow. But, um, so, so thankfully there was that c- consistency because it, it, it paid off when, you know, some days are just really stressful. Some days are, are really tough. You know, I, I was in Japan and no family whatsoever there. And you do have, you, you know, by the grace of God, I had some really good friends there, but you don't get to see them every day. You know, you're, you're busy working crazy hours and some, some moments are tough. And then the Holy Spirit just, there were a few moments where the Holy Spirit just got a hold of me and was like, listen, like, I've got you. Like, I am with you. Like, you may feel alone or you may feel like, you know, what you're doing is unappreciated or unnoticed or insignificant. Uh, and you just want to like freak out or just like give up or just, you know, whatever. But like, I'm next to you, like as, as almost like your best friend, like I've got your back. Wow. So, you know, um, you were talking about how basically, you know, you were asking for help, uh, during these times that were hard and stuff. And, you know, how actually the Holy Spirit revealed to you that, you're actually a lot stronger when you are helping and the lie of the enemy is to show you that when you are asking you're actually weak but that's not the truth and it ties in with the bible verses where it says um when i am weak in your weakness i am made strong and then the other one that comes to mind is he's close to the brokenhearted you know uh i just found that as such a parallel um with what you just said right now yeah, I those verses have come up for sure in my in my journey, uh, and I believe it. I mean that those verses are just like you can see the black and white, the opposites between strength and weakness, and I think that was my my life before and after Christ. Like before, I thought I was strong. I really thought I, um, you know, like I said, I was raised in a very strict household. That you know, we had very high standards, and you could say we were almost perfectionists. You, you know, so I thought like mm. I I I had strength, and then after I got saved, the Lord really showed me how, like like how that was just, I was fooling myself, deceiving myself. Right. And then that I was truly weak. And then once I, I got saved and became a Christian, got filled with the Holy spirit, started opening up and really starting to be part of this community. And like I said, leaning on other people while they're leaning on me, how that is true strength, how like we were never meant to do life alone or be like this lone wolf, but we were always being, we're always, we were always meant to be part of a, the bigger picture. Tying that in, um, you know, you're probably not the only Christian that was there, or maybe I'm wrong. Were you not the only one there that was Christian? No, there were there were a few. Uh, there are definitely few and far in between. There's not a whole lot, especially with the culture and, and right. whatnot. Um, and even in Japan, like being plugged out of America, which, you know, finding a church is, is not hard. Just throw a stone, you might find one. Right, right. Uh, in <laughs> ja- very true. <laughs> but especially in Japan- North Fork. <laughs> yeah, but in, in Japan where like less than 1% are saved. Wow. You know what I mean? It's it was uh, you know you don't really have a whole lot of uh, Christians to to choose from, you know, and, and befriend and 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 get to know. Um, but the Lord, the Lord was really, really amazing in this aspect. He really brought. There was a prayer. It was a prayer of mine while in Japan because I didn't realize the situation I was going into. And once I got there, I realized, oh my goodness, right. like no community, you know. Right. Uh, That's exactly so, what I was going to ask you. Like, how, how do you even go into a place and you're like. Yo, I feel kind of like this, uh, you know, stick in a hole 
body of water and it it was hard i think uh when i first got there when i first got to japan i guess i didn't realize it but i, I quickly figured it out less than one percent of this country is christian you kind of just assume like uh christianity has already globalized and, and yeah. gotten not here the enemy really has a stronghold in japan uh so i realized it was going to be really hard to like a find a church and b like get plugged in so Two weeks later, I'm out. I'm out to sea on a mission. You know, we're we're by Korea, so I don't. It doesn't really hit me hard yet. And then I get back. So we get back to Japan. Uh, it's like now it's like December. So we were out to sea for a few months, and you know, Christmas is coming up, New Year's, my birthday, all these things. And then I realized how truly like alone I was. Mm -hmm. I was like, when I say alone, I mean alone. Like, no family, no friends, just me and God. And so that that was a. Uh, that was a very hard realization to come come to some, you know, I'm, I'm talking to my friends, I'm talking to Greg, talking to my family, you know, and and members of the church. And I'm like, please pray for me. Like, I need community. Uh, Japan is a type of place where your faith will either grow or be destroyed. Wow. It, that's just how the environment is. It's very, it's very hostile toward, toward, toward faith, you could say. But with the right conditions, it can grow so much. So I prayed and I prayed and, you know, by God's good grace, uh, by Jan January, so a month later, after all this praying, uh, you know, the Lord just led me to this awesome community of Christians, uh, Christians there, and it was almost like I knew them my whole life. We just clicked yeah. instantly. We became, they became some of my closest friends, and wow. we really leaned on each other because we were all away from our families. Uh, you know, we were, a lot of us were in the military, about the same age, early early twenties, and perhaps first time being overseas and we became our family. We wow. became like, you know, we say in church, we're brothers, you know, not, you know, we yeah. believe that, but like now we were almost like true siblings Come because on. we were, we were our family for Christmas. We were our family for New Year's. We were our family mm. for Thanksgiving or as we called it, Friendsgiving, you know, and we were, you know, we're there at our marriages or, you know, our special events and parties and celebrations that, that we were family. And that's what, um, to go from like nothing to like perhaps some of one of the greatest communities I've ever been a part of was uh, it was a crazy experience. But I, but I can describe it. Uh, it had to have been God. Wow. For sure. Yeah. It had to have been God. Yeah. It, it's in a place like that. So yeah. th this community, was it uh, like also with Japanese people who lived in the area or just like, you know, it enlisted? So it was... um. It was a community. There were a few Japanese people there. The community was uh, it was a is a missionary community. So they had come from the United States mm. um, after World War Two, oh, and wow. they served the military. So they're not affiliated with the military, but what they do is where the military is at, especially overseas, they go out and and provide. It's called a hospitality house. So it's a place where you can go have some have some dinner and just kind of worship. So it's not really meant to fulfill church. But it's meant to like augment it with your yeah. community. And some Japanese people came there. So they really encouraged you, like, go find a church, you know, get plugged in. So that was the That's first. That's really cool. Right. So a lot of us, well, actually, one of the one of the ladies there uh, that I was friends with, she introduced us to a Japanese church. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of Hillsong. Yeah. So, yes. so man affiliated with Hillsong, he ended up coming to, uh, to Japan and he ended up starting his own church. He, you know, he had a vision from God saying, wow. like, go out there and make this church. And 
a lot of people were just you know discouraging him they're like no no missionary or no ministry ever survives in japan it's like the graveyard of, of right your career uh and and to be fair that's that that's i haven't right. a lot of people but yeah. yeah it's very true but you know he he had the vision he went out and he established this church so what 15 20 years later you know there's this sprawling network of churches just really reaching out toward the the young adults of of japan and they're they're being they're very successful so that was where i, I would it. go to church and and i loved it uh the lord really encouraged me to like serve them you know he was like this is why you are here one of the reasons why you are here is to serve these people. I didn't know that you guys were able to just go off base and just uh, do things and then come on back. Like, yeah, of course. It's just like a regular nine to five job, except for it was like nine to whatever time you. Yeah. So I'd say yeah, it's kind of like a nine to five job, except uh, like every every six days duty. So it's a 24 hour day. And then when you're on deployment, when you, you get to out to sea, that's, you know, you could say that's like really the military where you're just like always working always like on station that's but yeah true. when you're on land you know it's it, it you can you know you're not working you you go do your own thing and for me that was uh being part of that community like i said serving the japanese people i think when when i was at the community with the with a lot of the military believers uh that was really um you know edifying and growing with the lord and and but but when i was with the japanese church australian church that was really us giving to them, really serving them, being that those servants that were like, we're here for your salvation. We're here to, mm. to minister to you wow. type of thing. And okay. what is the main religion of Japan? Shinto. And it's, uh, I've never heard of that. Shinto, Same. Shinto is, um, it's almost, it's, it's a religion, but it's almost a philosophy. It's, like it's Buddhism. A, it's like Buddhism and, and Buddhism and Shinto are the main ones. Shinto, I think is more predominant, but they go both to go hand in hand. It's not uncommon to see, Japanese person who believes in Shintoism and in, in Buddhism, but uh, that's their biggest thing. You know, you could almost describe Japanese people as a-religious because they just see they just see the world as um, a collection of of gods, and they just kind of pay respects and honors to these gods, and then they just continue with their daily lives. Yeah, so it's not uh, very personal. That just reminds me of a story with one of these missionary missionaries that I know. He went into China, uh, China. He went to like right next to Mongolia, China Mongolia border, and he came into a temple. And uh, there was all these gods that were up all, all over the place. And in the middle of it was a holy Bible. And that was, and he's just like, I was so confused. I was like, why is the Bible here? And one of the tourist guys, he's just like, that's because we believe that's one of the gods. So we want to pay our respects to it. So that just ties it to, and that's crazy. It's a very dark, like you can almost feel the, the spiritually, you can feel like the tension, the, the tension, like as a believer, right. Um, it's almost like it almost hits you in the face. I remember uh, one of the first things I did outside of base, because when you first get there, you're not allowed to go outside. You have to go through indoctrination, you know, make sure that you understand their culture before you actually go out and experience yeah, before you offend somebody. Right. And the relationship the United States have has with Japan is very sensitive and it's very, very important. So we we don't they don't want us to mess anything up, which I totally understand. Uh, so, you know, you go through indoctrination. One of the first things I did was go visit a temple because I was just on the tour. So you do a tour, you know, so you get acquainted. So you go to the temple and you just feel it. You're just like, this isn't right. Yeah. You know, and then for after that, you know, mandatory tour, uh, I stayed away from temples for the most part. And I remember one day we were going to Fuji, Mount Fuji. So I climbed Mount Fuji, one of the one of the coolest things I've ever done for sure. But before you go climb Mount Fuji, the, the bus stopped at like the city right on the base of, of, the, of the mountain and they stopped at a temple. And so, like I said, I, I didn't really visit temples very much. But we got off, went into the temple, 
I didn't think too much about it. And then you go up to the plates. I remember there's these, these, these bowls where you can pay um, an offering to, to the, the Shinto gods. And, you know, some of my uh, colleagues, you were, you know, we were all going to climb Mount Fuji. It was work related. Uh, they, they organized a tour for us. He, they were just putting in their, their offerings there, like as if it didn't matter. And to be fair, I almost like didn't think too much about it either until like I did think about it. And I was yeah. like, wait, if I were to put this coin in this bowl. Oh man. Like, cause, cause they're like, this goes to the temple to like, you know, it's an offering, but it also right, like, supports right. the temple and you know, you the monks are there. They're looking at you and that, you know, you what's, what's, what's a, what's a penny or whatever, just throwing it in there. Right. And you know, you're like, you know, you're reaching in and you're just like, wait, this is significant. If I, if I do this, you're, you're giving part, a sacrifice, you're offering something to another God. Right. It's idolatry. Yeah. yeah. And and that's that's really one of those sobering that moments. Hits you. That yeah, hits you differently, man. It does. You're just like we don't we don't have that here. Yeah, you Bro. don't. Not really, like, but still, like that over there, you you're just like, whoa, like what? Well, I mean, what idolatry in the spiritual sense? You know, you see it here, or whatever, but not like that. Not like the blatant, you know, ancient types that we're, we're used to reading in the Bible. This is kind of that, and you almost miss it if you don't spot it. So you know, I'm almost like about to just partake in something that all my other coworkers are doing because it's it's you know it's customary and then you know the lord just like almost like can convicts you before you do it you're just like no like do you understand the what you're about to do so that's that's really um i think that describes japan really well they're like i said they're very a religious but they're also very like they're very spiritual minded yes it's a, it's like a, it's a philosophy and I, I think for those kind of people uh the best way to even approach them right you cannot approach them if you don't have power right you know exactly. you can have all the knowledge you want but then they have they have spiritual things that happen and you have to have a spiritual god that that is yeshua you know you mm. have to look at that and you have to be like okay i'm walking and jesus is walking with me come on so if i see a sick person i see the blind they get healed on the spot because i carry the power of jesus i don't carry the power of last right right or i don't carry the power of ronnie right i think that's why honestly like I, I've heard this, uh, Bill Johnson say this very often, but he, their population for uh, demographic, let me put it that way, for uh, their BSSM school, uh, Bethel uh, School for uh, Supernatural, uh, is a lot of people from the Asian culture area. So they fly in, and I think it has to tie in with what you just said. They're very spiritually minded. So meaning it's a lot easier to get people of that, uh, reality understanding that hey there is a, not just this physical realm that we live in there's a spiritual realm and well, you, there, can, you can even say why do you th why do you see a hundred thousand people instantly get healed in africa but you can't see two or three get healed in the church today right 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 like there's there's a, there's a, there's that they're they're spiritually aware and in america we're not and we're very dulled right to that and we're very very dull down the, to that. the thing about but the thing about this is you're 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 right they will they will acknowledge jesus as as spiritual you know they'll they won't outright deny it but what they won't do because of the way this philosophy works they will not accept jesus as the personal savior or yeah. god mm -hmm. as a personal god or the only god so that that's the disclaimer or the the exception to this is that they will accept you know, in like the Shinto Buddhism, they will accept all these gods and they will acknowledge them and they will worship them and they will pay the the respect. But it's never personal. It's never um, you died for my sins. You alone, wow. you paid the price for my actions. It's more like, no, 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 like you're this cosmic being. 
there's all these cosmic beings and I'm just insignificant and I pay you respects and then I'm going to go about my life. And if you bless me, awesome. Um, and that's why it's so hard for them to accept um, the requirements that the Lord demands. He, he doesn't want to be a God. He doesn't want to be um, a part of your philosophy or spirituality. You know, he wants to be your God, the God, your savior, your redeemer, you know, your friend. It's not sufficient to just keep them out on the, as they do, you know, on the, on the shelves as one of their gods. And it's like, no, 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 I don't, I can't just be on the shelf. I have to be in your heart. So Come on, dude, that's so good. That's That's such a different way of thinking about it. Did I about. hear you correctly though? Um, you said that they like acknowledge the power of Jesus, but they don't accept him as the only God. They, they acknowledge the person of Jesus. So like the they, person. yeah, they acknowledge that, um, like the idea or yeah. yeah. So uh, like that he, that he is a, uh, deity in, in another religion. Right. Okay. So, so that makes sense. And that's kind of how Shinto and Buddhism works. I think for, for them, from my experience and what I've seen is that there's these collection of gods mm. and for, for, and they have their purposes and they acknowledge them mm. and they pay their respects. And that's really kind of as far as it goes. Um, it's the thing, same thing with Jesus. To the ones that will acknowledge Jesus, it, they, they acknowledge him as a deity in a religion. So they might pay their respects and they might understand a, a very service level um, where we come from as Christians. Like, okay, there's this person that we pay respects to, but they don't understand the relationship. That part is, is disconnected completely. It, it sounds yeah. like from everything you just said right now, dude, like you have this awesome experience that the lord has put you in i don't know if you see this yourself but the lord like right now i'm just like taking some notes to talk to you about and something the lord revealed to me right now is you are one of the lucky people that gets to experience the language that you learned in the bible meaning you get to go through some of the similar things that some of the apostles had to do like some of the apostles actually went to asia yeah and they had to, you know, go through maybe even worse than what you are right now because uh, globalism kind of revealed them to different cultures. Back then, I can only imagine they probably only had like the emperor and whatever not back then at that time uh, in culture in Asia. But like you have this like opportunity of like going through and laboring in this modern day version of stuff you read in the Bible. Um, I don't know if you feel that yourself, but. Yeah, I think my my first year there, I didn't quite see that. Um, I thought um, I was very lucky to have the community I had with the my you know the military Christians there. But when I was with the, you know, in the Japanese society, I almost felt like burdened. You know, you do feel weighed down by the spiritual aspect of it. You're like, you know, this country is so anti-Christian. Uh, for example, some of them will accept Jesus as you know as a spiritual deity, but what they won't accept is the acceptance of like almost Western values. So for example, if a Japanese person, cause they're very isolationist, Japan has had a history for centuries of just being closed off. It wasn't really until the United States right. kind of forced them open that they started to open um, in certain ways, but they are still very much, it's ingrained in the culture to be, you know, alone and isolationist, which if you think about it, um, I can relate to from my from my right, past, right? But um, one of the things that they're so against is uh, is almost adopting Western values. So if a Japanese person in a traditional household becomes a Christian, it would not be uncommon for them to be shunned away from their family, mm. for to be treated as an outcast and just uh, disregarded. Like you're betraying your culture and you're betraying generations of of beliefs in Shintoism and or Buddhism or both. 
by adopting these Western values that are almost like invading your country. Because like like I said, they're they're very isolationist, very traditional. It's kind nation. of like Muslims, uh, like they like when somebody uh, changes in uh, their faith from that uh, religion, they're just automatically cast out out of society in a sense right. and possibly even killed. Right. Um, they're definitely not as violent for sure, but um, but you're but the that social aspect is definitely there to the point where some people do commit suicide. It's the highest suicide one of the highest suicide rates in the world. And it's it's this it's this it's we're a very individual society in the United States. Japan is a very collectionist society. It's always about the the whole and not about the person. Right. So when you adopt Christianity to their view, you're betraying the community. You're betraying the the whole, and that's a the big sin in their in their view. So all these things were were weighing down on me. I'm I, I you can say I'd like to analyze maybe sometimes too much, but my first year, you know, I did a lot of thinking. I did a lot of like processing, and then you're very analytical, right, right, right. And and it, it starts to weigh you down. It starts to like you. It starts to psych you out. Like oh man, it's just really dark. But then that second and third year. The Lord really, really showed me like, like you're here for a purpose. See the light in this. See Come how, on. see how I brought you, not just you, but several of your friends and, you know, colleagues, they're here and see how you're serving, see how you're laboring. Like, and, and that really helped me change my, my view right. instead of seeing it as a burden and almost like a, an annoying like task. It was now an honor to be here wow. and to serve them, to be a servant for them because, you know, I'm saved. You know, right. I, my salvation is good. You know, I have the Holy Spirit, but almost everyone around me, like, you know, they're, they're, they're not saved. They're, they're not going to heaven. Like you, you almost start to now, now, now there was an urgency. Now there was a, an honor, but like a rush to like go out there and serve. And so, yeah, that second and third year, my perspective changed. And I did see it as like a really cool, like experience to, to be used by God in, in another country. So I was actually going to uh, touch on that. Um, a little earlier but i didn't know how to say it but uh if you could just share some of the ways that you did serve and some of the ways that you did um bring jesus into people's lives sure so at the um at the military ministry because because the thing that you said before was um you cannot their relationships really like on edge so you can't really do anything out of the boundaries so you were really constricted to what you could do right (laughs) very true very true i i you're you're very right you don't want to offend them um but at a certain point, you just you just don't care anymore. You're just like, no, like, <laughs> like I'm here for Jesus. Right. I'm, here I'm, here, I'm here to save your life. Like, right, you're, right. you're dying, and I can see you can't. Let's just let's just do it. Well, exactly. well, this is the thing, and I, I kind of tie in with the guy you were mentioning who started the church from Hillsong uh, in Japan. When the Lord puts a vision in your life, He will provide the provision and the resources and everything. He'll set it up so beautifully for you. You just got to walk it out where other places failed and other people before him failed because they might have done it from themselves. If it's truly from the Lord, it will go through. Me and Vas have seen that in our lives in general, and I'm sure you've seen it through, you know, the testimonies. I'm sure you'll share furthermore. And um, also this verse is coming in in mind is that those who refresh others become refreshed themselves. Amen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that. So if you can just share about yeah, that. Give us some that's, that's, awesome, this is... that's an awesome verse. Uh, well, just Especially hit, when you're by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> just to hit that verse really quick. Um, my first year where I was really, you know, almost selfish, right? You're, you're thinking as a burden. Right. Um, 
you're not refreshed. You you always feel tired, especially with the work, and you just right. feel exhausted. But that second and third year, I felt so energized because I was pouring myself, you know, for other people and mm-hmm. and not just me, of course. But now I had a team, and we, you know, we're doing that, and you feel alive, you feel a rush. So I think that verse very true. You know, you refresh other people. You, the Lord is going to refresh you. So that was that's definitely a really good verse for for this. How, how I was serving. So think about this. I I'm an American who is in the military and I'm in Japan. Right. And I don't know, I didn't know Japanese, I, you know, I, I you I know, that's I think, a good point. Right. Like I, I think I could say hello. I could, at that moment, he I think Japanese, I, but he doesn't speak <laughs> Japanese. Like let's get that straight. Right. Like I, I could say like, hello, goodbye, whatever. But like, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't know how to communicate with the people. I was ignorant of, of their customs and traditions and culture. And ja- Japan is one of, from my travels is one of the most um one of the places that has the most like almost social codes you know honorifics and and you know they're they're very nonverbal society like the way you look at someone the way you talk to somebody the the way you address them and even like you know if i'm if i meet you for the first time i'm just gonna say you know hello vasily right but but it's different there there's so many different ways you can address someone and they all have meaning so i was ignorant of all these things how does the lord use someone like me who does not know the language? Does you not felt know like the Moses, Santa. <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. How does the Lord use? Lord, I have me? a speech impediment. <laughs> exactly. And and so if you think about it, the odds are against me, and against a lot of people who go there and try to to minister to Japanese people. But I um I think we we talked about this um, earlier. Like the Lord will still use you if you're willing. If you are submit to the Lord, He will provide you the tools and the resources you need. So how that happened in my life was one of the first things I did was. Uh, in the military ministry, I got into music. So um, I learned drumming, right? So I was Did a drummer. Did you play guitar before you left? No, no, no. I was a percussionist. percussionist. So I learned a lot of like the drumming instruments. So I did that for, for the military ministry, but a lot of the, a lot of them were already, already Christian, already saved. They were just there for community. So what we did was from there, I was introduced to the Japanese church and what these, what these people do. And it's so awesome. They go out every week to the train station, which in Japan, train stations are very, you know, very congested, very popular. They bring out guitars, cajones, you know, the drum, the boxing drum and uh, mics, amps. Wow. And they just play out there. And then that's how they get the people's attention. Cause you know, you see something like that, you're going to, you're going to be interested. You're like, what's going on over there? Right. Especially Westerners. A lot of us were, were, you know, Americans who were, who were there. And, uh, you know, they get curious and then you just invite them to church. They see happy people. They see people who have joy, who are out there. Just, you know, you get curious. And a lot of Japanese people, they're very insecure and they're very, um, like I said, high, one of the highest suicide rates in the world. So there's a lot of depression going around and don't they, they see this. Don't they have like that one park? Is that in Japan? The or forest? China? Yeah, the yeah, forest. That's in the, yeah, yeah, that's that's in Japan. So, Oof. yeah. So, and and I remember, and to tie into that, I remember one day I was, I was with my friend. And we were in the train station and we were trying to go somewhere. So I think we were kind of in a rush. And all of a sudden there's an alert on the, on the, you know, on the train uh, information display. And I can't speak Japanese or read Japanese. So I'm like, what does that say? And she's like, oh, it says uh, personal personnel injury. And I'm like, what does that mean? And she's like, oh, I think somebody flew themselves into the, into the train. And you're like, you know, I'm taken back. I'm like horrified. I'm like, no way. That's horrible. And she's like, that's actually kind of common, especially where I work. So she's like, she works in Tokyo. She's like, and that there's this in her, in her, her uh, train segment. That's a very common occurrence. 
Wow. That that was a very hard pill to swallow. Right. Um, like hearing it from, from so right, 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 like right. a natural thing. Like it, yeah, it's. I mean, if you go back to World War II and like the kamikaze attacks and everything, like it's an honor thing. It's a very honor based society, and you know, if you lose your job or you know you're you're in a place that you can't, you don't really see a way out. That's a that's that's almost like the honorable thing to 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 do is just. You know, you don't want to bother anybody else. You don't want to bother your family and friends. Mm. So it's it's dark. It's a very dark reality. But like, like See, it's, but it's such a twisted point of view because you are is, bothering I mean, everybody. It is a very twisted point. Of, you're you're definitely it's right. It's the but lie like, of the enemy. That's exactly exactly when the yeah, wow. when the enemy when the enemy covers your eyes, there you don't see any light. You don't see any way out. And I think that's applicable there. And I think that's applicable here when you do see somebody dealing with with suicidal thoughts. The reason why they're there is because they're starting to see no way, no way out of this. So when we when we're, you know, we call it street live. So when we're out in the train station, street or, life, street live, live like live music, <laughs> oh, live, so, not street life. <laughs> oh no. So when we're out there, and you know, we're playing this music, and we're genuinely joyful. You know, we're glad to be there. Um, all of a sudden, in their dark tunnel, you start to see a light. You're like, what's going on here? And we're singing in English and in Japanese. So you you get quite a few people coming up to you like what is this all about? So just imagine we're you know we're playing we've done this playing resurrecting but in Japanese I love I love that version you know and you're just like you know people are just you know I remember there were these twins twin sisters that like they were shy Japanese people are very shy and they're just like and then one of one of our one of the ladies serving with us she's like you know come over here what's going on and then they, she starts talking to them I don't know what they're saying because I can't speak Japanese and I'm still playing my my cajon you know drumming out. And then uh, after we wrap up, the lady comes to me and she's like, do you know that those two twins sisters, they were, uh, you know, one of them had just lost her job and they were going through a really hard time. And then they saw us and they were like, well, these people just look so happy. And that's why they came up to us. And they were really thankful that they got to talk to us today. And I was just like blown away. I'm like, whoa, like, that's insane. And, wow. and and we kept the relationship with with those two actually uh we we invited them out to hang out with us every once in a while we were hoping that like we would be planting seeds but then that was the point of, of street life was was to plant seeds but that's really i think how the lord used me and and a, and a few other people is though we could not speak the language and we could not really follow through with with the social customs and cultures because we just we, didn't, we weren't raised with that and it, it, we're not going to start now you know it's hard to undo hard to undo all that um there were a few things that we could do that we did that helped propel that ministry. So I played, um, you know, the cajon. I did some percussion. I led a, an English group, uh, men's group. Uh, I even led worship a few times. And, uh, you know, I was on the, as you know, I'm a little bit into technology. It's kind of my major. And what I do, I was, I was so I, I served on like the sound team and did some of the computer work and set up and tear down just like little things that, that go a long way. No, just just listen to this whole story of Ronnie's life. We first of all, um, I want to honor you. That thank you for your service. Thank you. It does yeah, mean it does mean definitely. a lot. You know, uh, from here on to the end of your life, I hope that every single person will realize that. And uh, but there's one thing that I want to honor is the fact that God uses those who are available. Right. And uh, when you make yourself available, the Lord will take you, and you will use you, just like you were saying. And Amen. so. Sometimes we might not see the full picture. Sometimes we not might not understand what's going on, but God is intervening, and there's there's cords, there's spiritual cords of love that are moving around you that you might not know, but God's dragging people to Him Himself. He's pulling people along, you know, to Him through you, your life, through you just walking. So like people will know you by your fruits. 
Um, <clears throat> the other thing I wanted to address is that the importance of us displaying not only our words, but also our actions. Because if people in Japan were able to um, just take action towards God, like just be able to step up just because they, people are happy and they're not happy. You know, we could be singing songs of praises like we, we were speaking about. And yet we're just like, hallelujah, lover of my soul. Right. You know, or you could just be like full of joy. Body language and all just like it's so expressing it. It's so important. And, you know, you sit in church and uh, there's a few moments that it happened to me even now. I know Ronnie's speaking about Japan, but like in our church, in our society, when you are filled with joy, the people around you are joyful. Come on. You know, people around you are joyful. There's people in church that do not understand that. There, there's people in church that do not, they do not have it at that moment. Some of them didn't have a full relationship to God. They're there. It's sometimes their last resort, and they need that breath, a uh, fresh, uh, fresh breath of air from you singing, from from you being all out for Jesus. And uh, I hope that I hope that you that doesn't change your life. But since we're coming to um, closer and closer to the end of our podcast, I wanted to speak about. God has been using you and God has been putting things in you. You've your, your life is moving, 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 moving forward uh, to a certain point. But in every single point in our lives, God gives us a message that we start to carry. And so just if you want to share your message for like, if you were handed a mic on stage and like here, Ronnie, share a message, same exact thing. Share a message to your viewers. Just give you like 10 minutes of your time. Just speak a message. So, I guess speaking from from my perspective and and what the Lord has done in my life, I'd say the world the world is is a is a tough place. It's dark. Um, I think there's a scripture where it talks about how creation groans, you know, f- for the revelation of the sons of God. There's this almost yes. certain like pain and agonizing pain mm-hmm. within uh, within our world that's been present since the fall, right? Since the beginning to now. You don't have to look very far, but you can see this almost like pain that like sews everyone together type of thing. We're all we're all like sharing in this pain, but um, the Lord provides this 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 whole other alternative to that pain, to the sorrow that 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 we're so used to. You know, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, the loss of a friend. Like that's the, what the world provides. It just takes away from you. Just, that's all the world does is takes from you, it takes away your life, your, your your eternity, everything. But the Lord is saying, I have, I have a whole another whole another alternative for you. Instead of this pain that is experienced in the world, I have a joy. I have I have this joy unspeakable for you. I have healing for that pain you've right. experienced. I have love for all that hate that you've that you've grown up with. I have community for the loneliness that you've experienced. So I think the Lord is really there reaching out to this world, making his message through us saying, you don't have to be what you were anymore. You don't have to, um, what, what you've done and who you, who you are does not have to be who you will be and what you will do. He's saying, let go of all that pain and sorrow and hurt that, that everyone um, partakes because that's everybody has that shared testimony. We've all been not saved. We've all and we've all partaken of this pain that the world has. And he's saying, "Lean on me. Accept the salvation I have for you, and all the benefits that come that come with it." And that really is restoration. No matter what your background is, no matter um, 
what ethnicity or race or or religion or family, whatever background you have is irrelevant because what the Lord provides can restore everything that was that's prior to. And that's what the Lord did for me, no matter you know what my background was. He he undid all the things that needed to be undone. He undid that pride and that like loneliness and selfishness and isolationism. He he undid, you know, what the the sin that was in my life. And he restored me. And then what he did was this really cool thing was he he sent me somewhere. He sent me to people that were just like me before I got saved. He sent me to a culture that was alone and like isolation, isolated and and prideful and not really seeking help, but trying to find strength, you know, within and not really um, talking about it. And he allowed me to minister to them. See, wow. they 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 shared. I shared in their pain in my life, and so at some point before I even met them, before I even knew where I was going, um, before I even knew I was going to be saved, my testimony was preparing me for for an for for them, right? And so when I did get saved, and when I, the Lord had prepared me, when I when I went to Japan, and even now when when I see it, um, the Lord is saying like they were just like you, mm. and now. I'm now I will use you for them wow. to serve them. So I feel like no matter what your background is, no matter what your story is, if you will come to the Lord and, you know, surrender to him, he will a heal all the, everything that needs to be healed in your life. Amen. And then he will use the brokenness and the pain and all the, and all the baggage that were, that was from your past. He will use it to reach out to those same type of people who need you to tell them about wow. the Lord. Wow, that is very powerful. Reminds me of the song, What the Devil Meant for Evil, the Lord Turns It for Good. Amen. For sure. No doubt. No, I um I also wanna wanna um I wanna speak about uh suicide just for a second. You know, uh, the devil likes to throw this around like for mm-hmm. for me, uh as a nurse, you know, I'm very comfortable with death. People die around me all the time. Not because of me, but they it's around me all the time death is is very present in my life and so i'm okay with death it doesn't bother me and so sometimes we get nulled i think that's one of the strategies of the enemy is that you start to get less and less and less sensitive to other people's pain and you're not able to be as empathetic sympathetic or being able to share whenever you're able whenever you have an opportunity and a few times in my life um you know i was i was once I was just once driving and I saw ambulance and everything else. They were just off the side of the road because somebody jumped off the bridge. And I was just like, I was looking at it. And like, for me, they really didn't phase me. I just kept going. Then the person next to me, I was saying next to me, they were just like, what's going on? Oh my goodness. That somebody killed himself. For me, it was just like nothing. And so whenever you see something happening like that, what's your first response? What's your first thing? We know not when somebody's already dead, but like before they die, you know, we have so many people that pass our lives, pass next to us, Mm. pass by us. And we have to, or even you yourself, if you're watching, if you have suicidal ideations, if you have suicidal thoughts, depression, all these things that, that can start up the seed of suicide. Um, there's freedom in Jesus. Come on, man. There's freedom in Jesus. You know, the enemy is mm. going to try to push and push and push the fact that you are, are not good enough. You're not you're not all the way there. Maybe uh, your family is making you an outcast and that you seem like you have no way out. You know, that oh. that that no way out... It's like looking at a poster in the white room 
and you get so used to looking at that poster in that white room because you forget that the door's right behind you. Wow. Come on. You know, all you see is that poster. All you see is that poster. All you see is this poster. And sometimes the door is right behind you. And so yes. um, there is people that can go through depression. There's people that can go through all these things. And I feel like the, the answer, we can easily say it's Jesus. But for them in their life, we want to say that you are not, you know, if, if it's you are watching, you are not, um, you're not alone. If you just turn your attention just for a second, the Holy Spirit is right next to you and he's able to speak to you, especially in this moment. Yeah. So, then, Father, I just pray that whoever is going through that, yes, whoever is uh, experiencing that, God, I ask that you just come down on them right now, God, and just yeah. hug him, Father. Yes. Embrace him with your spirit. Embrace him with your love. Pour over love into their life, God. They are not who the enemy says they are, God. So we bless them. We thank you for their life. We thank you for all that they've been through. We ask that this becomes a beautiful, beautiful rose in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.